Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of the Sports Spectrum podcast, part two of our conversation with former minor league baseball player Will Startup is brought to you by Compassion International. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum is the website to go. This is your chance to release a child from poverty and make a difference, a gigantic difference in a child's life. We're talking about food, education, tutoring, medical care, vocational training, all done in the name of Jesus. That's what your $38 a month goes to. You make the difference by sponsoring a child through Compassion International. 150,000 children last year came to know Jesus Christ through the great work being done by Compassion Sponsor a child today, $38 a month, Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Make a difference in a child's life. Today on the Sports Spectrum Podcast, part two of our conversation with former minor league baseball player Will Startup. Now, Will uh, was selected by the Braves in the fifth round of the 2005 MLB Amateur Draft and played 10 years in the minor leagues from 2005 to 2014, making it as high as AAA but never making it to the majors as a pitcher. And in part one yesterday, you heard his journey through baseball. And then you heard the the story, the very difficult story of his son Copeland and finding out some, some tough news there uh, that changes in many ways his life and his family's life forever. And uh, so that was, that was yesterday in part one. Today in part two, we pick up the conversation on Copeland and what it's like dealing with difficult news as a dad, trusting in God through that process. And Will is very emotional in this interview and um, you just feel for him and you understand not only the emotions that he has towards the situation and how much he loves his son, you can just sense that, but how much he loves God and how Christ has really made a difference in this guy's life. Uh, and then we have some fun. We go back to the baseball field and we realize that Will actually did make his Major League debut in 2018, but in a different way. Not exactly in the way that you would think a player, a former minor league player, would make his Major League Baseball debut. And so that's a really great story. Take a listen here. I think you guys will really enjoy hearing part two of our conversation with Will Startup, former minor league baseball player on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Take a listen. How is your faith going through all of this? Are you rock solid, locked in with the Lord with your wife, or are you just like, what are you doing, God? And, yeah. And angry at him, you know? Oh, well, let's see here. Um, number one, I... I I do feel I do find myself more of a uh, glass half full optimist. Mm-hmm. Try to make the most most out of every situation, the best of things. And um, the gratitude that I felt for him being alive uh, was my hope. Was the hope that God gave me. Um, he was unresponsive. I mean, he was sedated. He had. You know, he was intubated. He had a breathing tube down his throat. He had so many, so many things, uh, IVs and cords. I couldn't, you know, over 40 days, I, I kind of felt like a doctor, um, you know, getting educated on everything. But, uh, you know, friends come in and out. And when I say he was there for 40 days, my wife, Loren, and I 
were there for 40 days. We slept on the bench, um, you know, not the bed. And there were many nights that um, I was just on the cold, hard floor and I wound up blogging a lot mm. through this experience. And it would, you know, the lights would be off. Uh, I don't even know what time it would be. And I would just hear the drips from the medicines, from other things. I'd hear the beeps of the machines. And I just, where I was in my faith was I was so glad I could not do anything but pray. I was mm. so glad I couldn't, I wasn't in charge of what medicine he needed, of what surgery he needed. I was so glad to know that God is in control. And what I don't understand is somebody who doesn't know and have a personal relationship with the Creator I don't know how you can handle those situations on your own. I don't know because I'm not strong enough. I don't know anybody else who can be perfectly strong enough. I was so thankful. Uh, and there's so many stories in those 40 days. There was another occurrence that happened that, uh, to be honest, I think I should, you know, for the sake of making God known, there was a moment when we, I don't know if it was after 20 days and inpatient or whatever it was, we moved to a different unit, to a different building, and we started his rehab uh, process. He still couldn't stand, he couldn't do anything, but the first day after his rehab schedule. I just, I think it wore him completely out and it, it seemed to be a normal night. We had the family there, but, um, just, he took a turn and it, his health took a turn and it was the kind of turn where all the doctors are immediately called into the room, all the nurses and, um, I remember as they were trying to help him and his eyes were open and I was, I had, he, he was staring at me, but you know, I, I think unresponsive, just, you know, didn't know what was going on. And I was singing, I, I decided to sing. And at the time God had given uh, me a song uh, 10,000 reasons it had just come out and I'd heard it. Oh yeah. I heard it at the passion conference. And then, so I was, I was singing that. And I remember the doctor just said, keep singing to him, dad, keep singing to him. Hmm. And I got to, I got to a point where it felt like an Abraham and Isaac and I just, in my heart, 
I said, you can have them. Hmm. So, I'm not saying because I did that or because the Holy Spirit led me to that point to release Copeland and say, really, just confess and acknowledge that he is yours. Um, I think it was at that moment that I learned and my wife learned something that it might take, it might take parents, you know, having their children get married off and have an empty house to realize, I think, uh, maybe how, how much of a blessing kids are. Yeah. And that he gives them to us so that we can steward them. Ultimately, they are his. And and that's the most important thing. But right. to this day, I've, man, it's been tough parenting an almost eight-year-old with his four-year-old sister. <laughs> <It's>, <we're, laughs> we haven't just, even gotten to that part. Oh my so goodness. you add in a four-year-old yeah, sister now. Too, right. right? Just to jump <laughs> to current day, it is, I'm, I'm starting to understand how tough it is to parent. Um, but there are days, and, and, and mainly most days, yeah. where we just, we understand what it is to soak in your kids. Um, grades, it's not that they don't matter. It's just not that important. It's, it, you know, a lot of the things is like, how do you love people well? How do you love your kids well uh, as they go through life? And the same thing for your spouse. And it can be the same can be said for your friends, uh, just all different things. But that was such a powerful moment in my life that will be one of the biggest faith markers is where I, I, I knew I could totally trust God in Copeland's life or in his death. Let me ask you this, Will, and there's a lot more we could do. I want to be sensitive to time here. Sure. How's he doing now? He's still alive, obviously, and you, you mentioned eight-year-old Copeland. So mm-hmm. give me the the short version of how he's doing now and got <laughs> okay. through, obviously, he's still alive. He is, oh my goodness, let's see here. So in August, early August, he had his pacemaker defibrillator, his original unit that they installed during that time, right. the same doctor put his new one in. Mm-hmm. So he's got a new pacemaker defibrillator. He is in the second grade. And, you know, I think from the event, Copeland looks totally normal on the outside, 100% like an eight-year-old boy. Yeah. You wouldn't know any differently. He is special on the inside. And I do think because of the event, that happened to him early in his life. Um, I think he'll face some challenges, uh, you know, when it comes to school and things like that. So, you know, we're walking, we're doing homework every single night. Um, it's a challenge, but he is, he is a smart kid, but he's a creator, whether it be Legos, whether 
he gets permission to take my phone and he makes an episode of Copeland live. Um, <laughs> I wake up sometimes in the morning to find tons of pictures of me sleeping in my bed. And I'm like, what, <laughs> how did this happen? He is just, uh, man, without a doubt. And <laughs> no surprise. He is my favorite little boy in the whole world. Yeah. Um, I love spending time with him. The things that come out of his mouth blow me away. <laughs> my daughter, you know, she turned four recently. And the night right before she turned four years old, I said, I said, Afton, her name's Afton. Afton, what would you want to tell your 21-year-old self? You know, in the future... And I, you know, I don't, she didn't comprehend it too well, but <laughs> she wound up saying, uh, she wanted to ask herself, so how are your knees doing? And I don't know where that came from, but I loved it. <laughs> so and good. then Copeland was sitting on the couch, kind of reading a book. And I said, Copeland, I said, what do you want to tell Afton? You know, when, when she looks at this video, when she's 21 years old, what do you want to tell her? And boy, his wheel started going and he kind of, his, his words kind of, uh, were a little bit faster than his brain. And I said, I just had to repeat the question. Yeah. And he said, God, he said this, it just blew me away. <laughs> he said, Afton, I might not be there when you see this, but wherever you go in life, I want you to know God's going to be there. Wow. It's so awesome. It's just awesome. Yeah, it just uh, it went from being very <laughs> wow. silly to a very powerful moment. Because yeah. in my mind, you know, that could be true in a matter of ways. I think how he sure. meant it was uh, when you're watching this video. Who knows? He uh, he might be in a different state or he might be in college, but sure. it could be yeah. true in a matter of ways. And it of just, course. man, God God can speak so clearly through your children sometimes. Yes. Oh. That's so good. This is Will Startup joining us here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. I want to end this with, uh, you know, and that's such a great story, and we're all going to be continuing to pray for Copeland. I want to end with the sort of irony of you making your Major League Baseball <laughs> debut in 2018. And people will think, uh -oh. okay, obviously, oh, he's on the field, and he, got, he finally got his chance. Well, not exactly, but I still think it's a pretty awesome story. Can you share kind of what you happened what? after baseball ended? You know what? Um, yes, absolutely. So just a sidebar on me and I can't, I can't, I can't even tell you why God's wired me this way. Since the sixth grade, I have, I've always drawn footwear, shoes, sneakers okay. since the sixth grade. I could tell you in detail everything, how it happened. I could tell you shoes that I recognized where I was when I saw them on the court, when I saw them off the court, all these things. So I've always wanted to design footwear, even so much so I sent a letter to Nike when I was, again, probably when I was about 10 or 11 years old um, and just said, I, here's, I sent them in a design and I said, how can I be a footwear designer? You can use this design if you like. And they just said, hey, go to school, you know, um, you know, make sure you keep a focus on that, you know. All right. Well, I just wanted I wanted to do it the easy way. I thought, man, I'll have uh, a great baseball career. Um not I'm, you know, this is this is what you make up in your mind. I'm going to have a great baseball career 
uh, let's let's just say Nike signs me. I'm going to get a, sig- a signature cleat. And, and how funny is that? A left-handed release pitcher. A signature cleat. And then, you know, through corresponding and collaborating with Nike, naturally, when I'm done with my career, they want me to come and work for them. So when I went off to Georgia before I got drafted, I, I, I thought I'll do advertising and I'll backdoor my way in at Nike through advertising into design. You know, anyway, sure. towards the end of my minor league baseball career – Man, it was tough. Uh, my wife, I knew I wanted to design. Um, I just didn't know how. Uh, I, I knew I couldn't do it, finishing it up at the University of Georgia. So I reached out to a Mizuno rep who came in 2005 with the Rome Braves, brought a box of cleats, had a, a, what I thought was an awesome conversation, just picking his brain and stuff like that. Anyway, in 2013, uh, he said, you know what? If you're thinking about what life is beyond your baseball career, let's just go out to lunch. So I went out to lunch, and he brought the footwear designer. And, oh, man, it, I was just like – in the la- I, was, I, I loved it. But Kid in the candy store, right? Oh, yeah. It, but what he told me at the very end, he said, man, you're going to have to finish your degree. Mm. So that's 2013. Uh, I play the season in 2014, and I wound up taking – I, I reached out to New Balance, and since I was going to be in the area playing uh, New Hampshire, I think the Fisher Cats, yeah. uh, they said, "Yeah, come on in. In the morning, we'll, sh- we'll introduce you to the baseball staff, uh, who, you know, who designs the everything, right?" So I went there, and I left. And I remember him saying, one of the designers saying, "You see all these people on this floor?" And there was probably, you know, fifty to sixty people. He said, 95% of them are industrial designers. You should probably take some classes in industrial design. Mm. So I've, when I got, you know, got back, I wound up through the encouragement. And really, my wife did it all. Not, she didn't do my schoolwork, but I transferred to SCAD, Savannah College of Art and Design. I grinded out um, my undergrad and so I got my degree there, and I just knew there had to be an extra step. I knew I needed to do industrial design somehow. The only problem was there was one place in Georgia that could allow that, and there was a major conflict. It was the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Oh, it was boy. the hated rival of the Georgia Bulldogs. So Uh-oh. anyway, those guys are way too smart. They're out of my league. So it's a total miracle that God, I don't know how he did it because he's all powerful, but he got me into Georgia Tech and I went into the master's program for industrial design. And um, I, I just, from the moment I got there, I made sure all my projects, if I had a choice, they were footwear related. And I also wanted to keep that relationship with Mizuno because they are local uh, alive. And I was introduced to one of the industrial designers through, this is a wild thing too, my former catcher at the University of Georgia, who was also my former catcher with the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> and now he's at Mizuno. It's crazy. Wow. God's working that. But anyway, I, I wound up doing an internship this past January and that took so much prayer from me and my wife 
uh, to not, I was giving it my best. I absolutely loved it. I was just praying God would open the door for a full-time job there. And that was the case in July. I, I, I was given a full-time job. Um, that's where I am currently. And I didn't think this was going to happen, but, um, like again, my former catcher, uh, his name's Clint. He came up to me and he said, listen, we want to do something. We've never done this before, but we want to give our players under contract, our big league guys, a, a special cleat for the players weekend. Right. Do you, do you know anybody who can do that? And I was like, yes, I know somebody, um, you know, I was like, <laughs> and that's, that's what, you know, when I was in the minor leagues, I would do anything to make my cleats look different. If it was blacking out the logo anything. I spray painted, I basically, and customized. Um, so I had confidence, uh, almost, almost full confidence. Of course, uh, in the back of your mind, you always wonder, but I just, I committed to that. And since that wasn't my full-time responsibility at work, I had to do that. And, and willingly I did this, that whole side project. I had 21 cleats to customize in 40 days. And for, th- for the last three weeks, because I was trying to meet a deadline, the earliest I went to bed was two in the morning. And oh, two in the morning and paint fumes in your basement with the doors and windows open is not recommended. <laughs> I mean, but that is the story. Uh, one of my favorite things about that, and I feel like I don't mind saying it uh, in, in this you know medium, is what I did during that time. There's a couple other cool stories we can tell later. But as I would customize those cleats, each cleat would take about five hours a night. So I'd get home from work, help put the kids to bed, and go straight to customizing. And it was incredible time to pray for the player that would be receiving those cleats. Hmm. That it would yeah. mean it would mean something to them. So Probably my favorite thing that had nothing to do with the actual appearance of the cleat was I wrote each one a handwritten letter. And um, I just, I, I, of course, I'm proud of those guys for playing at the highest level of baseball. But I just wanted to encourage them and uh, to let them know they are special. And anyway, uh, you know, that's, that's, you know, me being sensitive or whatever, but I, I just felt, and I stuffed those letters. I put them in a nice envelope and I put them in their shoe box and I even had to make the shoe box. I mean, I had to <laughs> fold the shoe box and glue it and decal it up, but I absolutely loved it. And I remember the night I don't have cable TV or anything. Um, but the players, I remember seeing the players actually wear them in games, and that's what I consider making my major league debut. I mean, that's awesome. I love that story because it's, like I said in the very beginning when we were first talking, your story isn't that li- lived happily ever after baseball story from a worldly perspective, but it, come, it comes around completely full circle to the point where you're now designing the shoes, the cleats that these guys are wearing on a Major League Baseball field. I love that story. Well, I want to be sensitive again to time, but let me ask you this to close 
Uh, real quick here, what have you been learning from God now where everything has, you know, your son's eight, you have a daughter who's four, you're designing shoes and almost living this dream, this uh, sort of side second dream job, if you will, not playing baseball, but designing shoes. What is God teaching you now? What are you learning from him during this season of life? Ooh, there's there's two big things. Um, one being grace, the other being patience. Uh, I, for the last four years, I have been our youth director, basically our youth pastor at our church. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I'm around sixth graders to 12th graders. Um, you <laughs> a lot know, of patience three, needed there. <laughs> oh man, three times a week. But here's the thing, um, man, I, so, so often, and we all do, you know, there's bad decisions that are made. Yeah. <laughs> I'm also in a position where I can't really discipline them. Um, and I have those knee jerk reactions to some of the things that they do that, break my heart. And, um, what, what I've done, one of my mentors, he's my supervisor at church. I normally get out my, uh, initial reactions with him and we have a conversation and we say how upset we are, you know, how boneheaded the kids are, you know, but you know, I'm, I, you know, without being too harsh, but we have multiple conversations and, in doing so and getting to pray in between those times, um, my biggest challenge is when we address that issue, I want those students to feel grace and hear grace in my tone. Um, because I don't want to say, you shouldn't do that and then go to behavior modification that is not the Christian life. And I did that so much growing up. Legalism and behavior modification. Look like a Christian. Uh, it, man, if you're, the motives of your heart aren't where they need to be, I don't, you know, what good is it if you're staying out of trouble, you know? Yeah. Um, so you can look to David in the Psalms and just see how he lived life 100% and he messed up hard, but he was a man after God's own heart. So patience of, yeah, there's some patience there, but also grace uh, when it comes to how you talk to people. And I just try to think to myself, if I were the one who had made this decision, how would I have wanted somebody to talk to me? And then in a way where I would want to come back in every single lesson I learn in that leadership position leaks into every area of my life. Um, and probably most importantly with my wife, I think that's the hardest, uh, the, the place of the, I guess an area of growth that I need the most is to continue to grow as a Christian husband. Um, because I do feel if things aren't well, if things aren't right in your home, um, it's hard to lead outside. Hmm. So there's God teaches me so many lessons through youth group, through um, I'm actually older than the guy who gives me instructions at my job at Mizuno, and um, that's where I kind of need some patience. And God just continues to tell, you know, reinforce to be a servant, to be patient. And these lessons I learn everywhere carry over into every relationship in my life. So I would say God has been teaching me grace and patience. 
That's good. He is Will Startup. Lots going on there. Minor league baseball player, designer for Mizuno, dad and husband, probably the most important <laughs> titles, right? Um, mm-hmm. Will, it's been great to tell your story here. Uh, I really appreciate you being as open as you have been and uh, we'll continue to be praying for you and and uh, praying for your family. And just thanks for joining us here on the podcast and wish you nothing but the best. All right. Thank you so much. Powerful, powerful story and conversation there with Will Startup, former minor league baseball player here on the Sports Spectrum podcast. Really thankful to Will for, for coming on the show and sharing his journey, his story, his baseball journey, as well as the journey of life as a dad and as a husband to Lauren and a dad to Copeland and to his daughter Afton. Just really great stuff there from Will. Um, just life, man. Life happens. And sometimes those cards that we draw uh, aren't the winning cards. And sometimes we have to go through difficult times and difficult trials. And Will has gone through that with his son Copeland. And and, and they're coming out good on the other end. Uh, placing their faith and trust in God. And um, Copeland's hanging in there. And we're going to be praying for him and praying for the Will Startup family, and praying for the Startup family for sure. So we thank Will for joining us here on the podcast. We also thank you for listening to this episode. The listeners, you guys make it all happen. We, you mean so much to us. Almost 400,000 downloads of this podcast now have taken place thanks to you, thanks to you sharing this podcast, telling others about it, and thanks for the, uh, the ideas as well. So many of you have reached out on Twitter and sent us guest ideas of people that we should have on the podcast. Will was one of those people. And so we really appreciate you letting us know that. You can always email me, jason at sportspectrum.com. Jason at sportspectrum.com. And you can send me any ideas you have for guests that you think would make a great podcast for us, a great conversation here on Sports Spectrum. You can also take a screenshot of this podcast and share it if you liked what you heard on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and of course, all of our podcasts are found on our YouTube channel as well, which you can listen to there. And all of our content is a daily devotional, 6 a.m. every single morning. A daily devotional goes out to get you started real quick in the Lord. We're talking like two to three minutes. That's how quick the devotional is to read. But it's a great way to stay grounded in your faith to start the day with a Bible verse and a little bit of encouragement as you get going about your day. That's at sportspectrum.com. Plenty of sports and faith articles, content, lots of video as well. Check it out, sportspectrum.com. I think you guys will like our website a lot. We want to thank Compassion International for sponsoring this podcast. For $38 a month, you can check us out over at Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. That's where you sponsor a child. You release a child from poverty. When you click that button, go to that website, find the child that you want to sponsor, and then you release them from poverty. That's how simple it is. Uh, $38 a month. It's the best $38 you'll spend every single month. We don't regret the $38 we spend sponsoring our young boy from Haiti. And you won't regret it either. I really promise you that. What your money goes to is this is what it's about. Education, tutoring, medical care, vocational training, food, and the opportunity to know Jesus Christ as their savior. That's what your $38 goes to. You can't get any better than that. And you want to you make a difference, you want to help someone, do it through Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. This is Sports Spectrum. Have a great rest of your day.